that you deserve a love that is requited and that it's coming for you. Mm-hmm. Just like Michael Myers. He's walking <laughs> straight for you, <laughs> going to slice you open with love. Hello, welcome back to Under Our Roof. I'm Lizzie. And I'm a delicious sip of lavender boba tea (laughs) a little drinky drink on a saturday afternoon that's who i am and that's what i want you to be as well a refreshing little drinky drink or what you to have what you should have what a refreshing you don't have to be a refreshing no but i want you to find the inner drinky drink in your own life dear listener at home okay you know what i mean like find that inner refreshment in yourself throughout the day i don't know what that means for you but i found it in myself and boy do i feel rejuvenated so we are in san diego this weekend we're here for a friend's wedding and today we kind of have the day free so we decided to record a podcast and then before that breakfast we went out and got breakfast the the breakfast place we went had really good bagels but not great coffee and so no drinkies yeah grace really needed that drinky drink itch scratched you know i've been talking about this with you how i'm so thankful for gen z in some ways i'm just so thankful to have been around as we've learned new language i i think i've said before that like i hadn't heard the term non-binary until like five years ago Mm -hmm. like i just never even heard about this before and another one of those important linguistic developments for me has been a drinky drink. (laughs) I'm not even joking. Like I saw TikToks about people being like, if you're gay, you might relate to the fact that like you need a little drinky on your trip or in your day to like boost your mood. I don't know what that is. Apparently some people, not everyone has that. Apparently a lot of queer people relate to wanting a little drinky to boost them. And I know it sounds like a bit like baby talk, but it, it, is perfectly descriptive to me of what I want. Right, because it's not like a cup of water. No, it's not like drinky, like I want to sippy some juice. And it's, it's not like alcohol. I want No, no, I want like, I want caffeine, but I want a little like caffeinated delight. Like it <laughs> needs to be a bit more than just black coffee. No, I'm not that type of a girly because I enjoy fun. No offense to people who like black coffee. I'm okay. sure you're fun too. But would you consider like a good juice a drinky drink? No caffeine. Well, it depends on the juice. Orange juice, no. Really? If it's like an inter- if it's like a pineapple fusion juice, like something interesting, that is a drinky. Okay, so the bar is set a little high because like I so I actually orange juice is not a drinky. That's I, something that you could just get. At, like it, it has to be something you couldn't get at like a CVS. Interesting. Well, because that's just that's just a drink for the road. Okay, you so you can get like a Mountain Dew. Like, I that's a drink. That's not a drinky. I haven't talked about this in the podcast, but I actually. Um, have been off caffeine for like a couple months now. I don't drink caffeine anymore. And I feel like an OJ kind of like satisfies the same thing as coffee in the morning. I don't really have that's it that often. You, that's because you are out of the hustle now. Those of out us who of are the in the hustle. Yeah, the caffeine hustle. Okay. Those of us who are in the caffeine lifestyle, we understand <laughs> that you need that little drinky. Okay. And sometimes, you know, if I'm really going through something, the other day I think I had six shots of espresso in a drink. Wow. Maybe it was five. That hurts to Does think it? about. It but, just... I, I, but I sipped on it for a while. Okay. Still. But that was a very functional drinky. That was like we had to get some stuff done at the studio. Yeah. But this drinky was just a black tea, lavender, oat milk, drinky, boba, sippy sip. <laughs> sip, sip. Th- yes. And thing. I got. So it has some caffeine, but it's like it's more fun than functional. I got a caffeine-free taro milk tea with honey boba. 
and it was delicious. And so we went to this mall nearby to the hotel where we're staying for the wedding. And it was like being in a time capsule. There's like a Wetzel's pretzels. It was an outdoor mall. So we're walking around. There's like the Nike outlet store, Ann Taylor. There's like lids. Ariana Grande's Break Free was it's playing blasting. softly or blasting. There I don't was know, like depending a on where the speaker was. Carnival Cruise Line kiosk. A Wetzel's pretzels. Hut. Sunglass Hut, yeah. So we just like strolled around there. I felt like it was 2010. Yeah. And it was just really nice, actually. And then now we're recording. We have the wedding this afternoon. But what we wanted to jump on and record about is a fulfilled promise from two or three episodes ago, which was that I did a solo advice column podcast. Mm. And I said, I want to have Grace on to answer some of the questions for this that I'm not going to get to. And I actually got a lot of really great requests for advice, so we're still probably not going to get to all of them. My apologies, but we wanted to just go in and rapid fire answer a few more. Yes, this is per your previous email. You wrote to us, yeah, and now we're just getting back to you after a few weeks, yeah, which is so true to form in some ways about how I handle correspondences. Yeah. I'm getting a little better now, but... Okay, so we're going to start off by actually picking up with one piece of advice that I gave last time, which if you have, or if you haven't listened to the original advice column podcast, I think it was like three episodes ago. We put um, it in the show notes. Yeah, I can link the part one in the show notes. But one of the questions was something like, what should I do if I have an ex who says that like, we might get back together? And it was a pretty short request. And I didn't really know what to make of it. Because I was like, well, do you want to get back together? Like, what's the context yes, here? Yes, yes. And so the person actually wrote in and gave me more context. So I thought we could start Oh by, my gosh, amazing. Yeah, we could answer in more depth now that we know a bit more, and then we can do some other Yeah, requests. tell me more. I'm interested right. to learn. So this person wrote in and, and clarified, my ex wants to work on themselves and establish more independence before continuing in a relationship. Mm. We are long distance and really value each other as best friends and want to continue seeing each other with healthy friendship boundaries. They said that they don't want me to wait on something that might not happen, but they still feel strongly about me and don't foresee wanting to be with anyone else besides me if they decide a relationship is something they want for their life. I'm still very in love and willing to wait as long as they need, but I'm trying to navigate making peace with the possibility of it not working out. Mm. Some additional context is that this was a very serious relationship. Less than a month ago, we were discussing logistics about moving across continents to be together after we graduated from college and had been loosely tossing around the idea of marriage. Wow. That is as serious as you can get. Yeah. Um, well, okay. my initial take is if this person is working on themselves, then for you to do the same and see sort of how that shakes out. If they are taking time to work on their own independence and pursue caring for themselves and tending for themselves, and then almost like, let's see where we land as that develops – just really encouraging you to put in that same work, effort, and care towards yourself. Because who knows what that might shift. I don't advise you to wait around for something that is a maybe. I don't think that you should wait around for that. But I also don't think you should like cut this person out of your life. Obviously, you you care for each other a great deal, and you have a, a, a lot of love for each other. And to continue to respect those boundaries and love one another, but also you know, really loving yourself. And if this is them saying, I'm going to make myself a priority, then that's also an invitation for you to do the same thing. Yeah. And it sounds like this person is actually being pretty thoughtful around Mm -hmm. what they're messaging to you about the whole situation. And, 
you know, sometimes with relationships, you have to read between the lines. But in this case, it sounds like maybe you should kind of do exactly what this person is telling you to do, which is, you know, you shouldn't wait around if that's not right for you. But at the same time, they very well may be there in a certain amount of time once they've had time to work on their independence and other things. The other thing I would say is like, it just doesn't sound like either one of you sees a lot of value or interest in like you seeking out a new romantic partner at this time. Mm -hmm. If down the road things change and like someone you really click with someone that you just happen to meet in that way, then great. But if you're happy kind of also working on yourself and taking this time to kind of like pause from romantic dating, I guess, Mm -hmm. then it sounds like it's okay. And things change quickly too. Like you never know if in a few months you might feel totally differently and that's okay. Sure. I I think I would you know, cautiously advise against a waiting mentality, though. You know, don't just put your life on hold in case something changes with this person. I think to honor their wishes is to put yourself first and just see how that balance shifts in your relationship and who you meet and what you discover about yourself and then seeing where that leaves the two of you. But I think it, I agree with Lizzie too. It it sounds like you're communicating very well and you'll navigate this shift in your relationship um, responsibly. So best of luck to you both, but don't, don't be like Bella Swan in Twilight and like sit by a window. And like, wait. that's <laughs> yeah. that's the only thing I was like, don't do that. Come on, no. like, take care of yourself, put yourself out there, whatever that means to you. Pursue some interests, something that makes you curious and passionate, and have fun. Life is very brief, and you should have fun while you're here. want to pick one from the list i can pick anything anything that one that one i think is fun but also a few others how to know if you're ready to get your first pet as an adult okay i don't think you're ever gonna feel totally ready that's true and i will say every time i've gotten a pet i've kind of gone through like a little bit of the blues afterward because i'm like oh this is kind of gonna change my life and like i have less freedom less Mm -hmm. free time but I think as long as you feel like you can reasonably afford to have a pet, I think that is one thing that you have to be realistic about because pets come with a lot of unforeseen expenses. Mm -hmm. I would highly recommend getting pet insurance. We have had pet insurance for many years and it's really worth it for health things that come up with them. Well, especially for dogs. I don't know if they have health and pet insurance for like rabbits and they probably do. They probably do. It's worth looking into. Pet insurance is more common these days and to get it as a precautionary measure early on rather than as reacting to a diagnosis from a vet is something I, I really advise you on. Yes. The other thing is that one thing I feel like people maybe don't think through so much and then are like scrambling is they don't think about going out of town. Like, I would say even before you get a pet, think about what will happen if you have to go out of town. Yeah. The person I know in my life who really tried to do their due diligence with, am I ready for a pet? Like, really took the decision very seriously was Zach. Mm -hmm. My buddy Zach, who also is a producer that I work with on a lot of music, you might have seen him pop up on different social media stuff. He knew that he wanted a dog for about a couple 
years just casually. And then there was about a year where he did a lot of research into so many different dog breeds of like, this is what his lifestyle is. He's mostly in the studio. I mean, for eight to like 11 hours a day. And it's a pretty sedentary lifestyle, but he still wanted a dog. Is there a dog that could fit into that type of activity? And he poured over it and poured over it. Finally, he started honing in on greyhounds. And then he wanted to rescue a greyhound. And then he looked into all the organizations of different, you know, types of rescues and different types of greyhounds and all this stuff. And eventually, um, he was matched with his current dog, Kevin. And the weird thing about it was, you know, Lizzie and I have definitely had growing pains with all our dogs, which I do think is, you know, the puppy blues, as they call it, is a rite of passage for a lot of people. But I don't really think Zach had that. And it was funny because it's he just really gamified almost getting a dog. Like he just had this really, really strict checklist. And so by the time he had Kevin, it was like very he already knew what it was going to be. So there there's kind of two ways of of handling that you can either go like the zach route and just be so incredibly prepared or you can go the route that a lot of other people do which is preparing a lot but also knowing that like a dog has its own personality and Mm -hmm. there's gonna be a lot of unforeseen variables that you'll just have to adapt to and accommodate to yeah getting a pet is great though good luck i would recommend asking your friends what they think if if you're like, I'm thinking of getting a dog, I'm thinking of getting a cat, because they'll probably know you the best and ask you pertinent questions like, well, what happens when you go visit this person? Or what are you going to do when this happens at the office? There's certain there might be some questions that your friends can help you just to consider before you bring a pet home. Okay, we have a few questions about how to talk to women flirting with women as a woman. There's like a bunch of these dating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think about talking to women? Well, we were just at that Halloween party, which I felt like there was so much flirting going on. There was, yeah. It was a really gay um, Halloween party. We referenced it a few episodes ago. And one thing I remember observing and just feeling so proud of everyone who was able to do this, who felt comfortable to do this, flirting with women or non-men, I think you do need to sometimes be a little bit more direct because we're just not socialized to be as direct as um as guy like in movies it's always like the guy making the first move like that's just how we are like it's ingrained in us to be a little bit more passive and also i think to respect boundaries and not wanting to make anyone feel uncomfortable so something that i noticed at this party that to to my knowledge was the most sort of effective and endearing was someone just at was coming up and being like hey you're you're really cute are you here with anyone tonight And so then you're already like entering that in like, I'm interested in you. I'm interested in getting to know you. We're like, I'm, hey, uh, can I, can you buy you a drink? That was like that icebreaker. I think that icebreaker is crucial. Especially at a loud, crowded place. It's not going to really work to have like a friend approach somebody for you Mm -hmm. because it's going to get lost in translation. It's going to be like yelling over the music, whatever. But I mean, I think at the same time, just striking up conversation is also okay if you don't feel like comfortable saying like you're cute i'm interested and especially because depending on the way that you get to know people and like experience interest and attraction you might not know if you want to like be interested in them until you actually get to talk to them a a little bit and so i know like i i chatted with a good amount of people at that party and i didn't like get the vibe It, it was like in a friendly way um which was nice and so 
a lot of times people would just say like i love your makeup or like who like what's your costume because it was a halloween party obviously that wouldn't normally work but just things like that where you can start conversation that's not just like hey like why are you here you know you can notice something about them compliment them yeah that's a true that is a true staple of queer flirting or even just conversation or acknowledgement like queer acknowledgement Mm -hmm. is also a super valid way of of an icebreaker it happens to me pretty frequently especially when i'm touring somewhere and i'm in a city where you know it's a bit different than la there's not maybe as many queer people out and about people will just be like hey i really like this thing that you're wearing or i really like Mm -hmm. this tattoo i really like this aspect of how you present which lets me know gay question mark (laughs) yeah i think the nice thing about um certain spaces that maybe you're like a woman flirting with other women in is that there the boundaries of like oh i it might be weird to talk to them i feel like are down a little bit in a fun Mm -hmm. way because we have often been socialized in similar spaces growing up and so we may have something in common to begin with right which is nice a main piece of advice for flirting with a woman is and i know this is like so intimidating and scary but i think that making the first move but making a move that is true to you maybe like you could pass your phone number over if you're like at a coffee shop or something like that you could pass a note or something but i do think that if you are interested in flirting with women this is something that you're trying to accomplish in your life then i think you need to be the flirter as best as you can. You yeah, know what I mean? Where it's I like agree. to make in order to like to make friends, be a friend. You to have uh, a flirt, be a flirt. Agree. But you can do that in ways that are respectful and true to you. I want to be very clear about that. Like you can again, it can be like passing a note or it can be a bit more direct or verbal. But yeah, I think of the same thing about like to have a friend, be a friend. I think that's true with flirting as well. You can't assume that the other person is going to make the first move. Yes. Then just see how they reciprocate it. Yeah. Okay. And best of luck, you little flirts. A couple of people asked about finding personal style. I feel like you would mm. be really good at that. Oh, it's so fun. I'm so excited for you. Finding personal style, let me tell you, you will feel drunk with confidence and it will feel so different than prior to finding personal style. The internet is your friend. Um, hashtags are your friend finding people on the internet who are living like uh, or or you know maybe you have like a retro style i don't know like something vintage but i mean what's helpful for me is there are a few creators there's this one creator who i started following and i love his style so finding people who are regularly curating something that you can follow along with and then seeing who they're tagging and who they're following so there's this creator uh denny ball masita um, he's a menswear blogger and content creator since 2008. And I just love, I'll put this in the show notes. I just love his style. I love who he follows and I would just wear probably all of this type of stuff. And it just sends you down a rabbit hole. So like he did something for seek now. And then I'm just following all the models on there. Cause I'm like, wow, this is all really like, can't you see me wearing all this type totally. of stuff? It's very, very cool. Yeah. So that is how I would advise you or this collab with like hush puppies. I'm like, do I want hush puppies now? Maybe. I don't Those know. Are type of shoes. Yeah. They're really cool. Cool. So cool. And I would never think to pair a brown loafer with a checkered black suit, but to see it like this, 
Hell yeah. So that's how I would, I would suggest in this day and age to find your personal style is um, use some hashtags, find someone who is like currently innovating in that space and kind of just emulate, um, look for that type of thing, get some staples that you can build on and go from there and have fun, have so much fun. One thing I would add about personal style is that if you feel like, I know I have felt this way, like you see lookbooks and models like Grace was describing and pictures that look really cool, but then whenever you go shopping, it's like they don't, you, what you end up selecting doesn't seem to align or like once you get home, you're like, this wasn't actually really like, this isn't as good as like the stuff I was seeing pictures of is keep a folder of inspiration, whether it's like screenshots that you have in a folder on your phone, whether it's Pinterest, whether it's saving Instagram photos or TikTok videos into like a folder on the app and just having that. And then when you go out and you're holding up a shirt at, you know, the thrift store or wherever to buy, look at it against your folder and be like, does this actually fit the vibe? Because sometimes you can see something out and it feels like familiar or comfortable and you're like, oh, yeah, I would wear this. And it's like, okay, but I'm trying to get a new personal style or I'm trying to revamp my personal style. Does this fit with what I'm looking for now? Mm -hmm. And I think that can help. I also really like doing that for home design and home pieces to be like, okay, I like this desk, but is it actually what I'm interested in doing to make sure that my overall vision is accomplished? Um, so yeah, having inspo is very important. It's like going to the hair salon and like, you need to have some inspiration pictures. You yeah, know? it's very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, one question that we got very consistently was how to get over a straight crush, which I... A straight crush? Yeah, that ha- a few people asked about that. We're having some straight crushes? Or like how to get over... That's a stra- so hard. I know. What do you think? Oh, that is hard. Like, see another Gosh. one getting over loving a straight friend. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, our sweet little house guests. Wow. I, what what would you say? It's hard. I know. It's really tough. I mean, part of me would say, like, uh, this have... person is not the one. Like, they're just yes. not. Not that you have to be looking for the one, but, like, they're not it. There's nothing wrong with them, mm-hmm. but there's nothing wrong with you either for liking them. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, if they're not aligned in that way and they're not, like, picking up what you're putting down because they just have a different sexual orientation then like it really is not meant to be i know that sucks to hear because they probably feel like just you know the bee's knees but at yeah. the same time like if they're not queer and you are then they are it's not going to be like the perfect match for you or a good match for you at all because it's just not it's not aligned. It's like you guys are different magnetic poles. It's just not going to work. And in the wake of that, I think it could be prudent and okay if you need to set some kind of rigid boundaries just to help yourself get clarity on that situation and on that incompatibility between the two of you. But then also, and I don't know if this is unpopular to say, but I think that the sting of unrequited love doesn't really ever go away when you think of it. You won't think of it very often as time moves on, if that's comforting to hear. I know that it all, I remember hearing that like when I was going through a breakup and people would be like, oh, like time heals everything. And I'm like, okay, well, TikTok, like (laughs) I'm here in the present. Like I hate hearing that it sucks. It does help old wounds. But I do think that, would you agree, lady, like that sting of like unrequited, like your love for like a friend who is, 
straight like that sucks like it really the sting of it like i still feel compassion for the person i was going through it like it 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 is painful and so to acknowledge that like just because you might feel this right now and you might still feel this 6 months from now when you when you think on it it's okay you know allow your don't try and repress it allow yourself to have those feelings and also to acknowledge that you deserve a love that is requited and that it's coming for you mm-hmm. just like michael myers he's walking <laughs> straight for you <laughs> going to slice you open with love yeah i i totally agree i think it really will probably never hurt as badly as it yes. does now um i'm not saying that like oh you'll forget about it in a month but other things will happen. You'll meet new mm-hmm. people or maybe someone that's already in your life. You'll start to see in a new way or maybe you'll get a dream promotion or dream job and just not be so consumed by this feeling. It yeah. will it will pass or it will at least lessen. Yes. And there is somebody out there that is totally picking up what you're putting down, speaking the same language. And that'll be so wonderful. To- and if you're really in the throes of it, if you're really in the throes of heartbreak, it did help for me during those times to pour myself into other things. It's again, just I was not my healthiest when I was Bella Swan sitting in my room with the world spinning around me. So I don't know, maybe maybe this doesn't work for you. So then toss it out. But for me, it did help. I like picked up some extra shifts, um, tried to reconnect with friends that I maybe had neglected because of their relationship I just was, you know, super involved in and trying to pour yourself into other things that will love you back or will will at least pay you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like campus rec. Yeah. I was like, listen, like if I'm going to be heartbroken, I might as well just be paid while I'm feeling this way. That's that's a piece of advice. Throw it out if it doesn't sit for you, but for me it did help to try and not wallow in it, but also do not never like repress a feeling. And it, it sucks. And I'm so sorry if you're going through it, but I promise, I promise. And you can tell me like, shut up, you little TikTok bitch, but it's true <laughs> in time. It will feel better. Wait, why are you a little TikTok bitch? Because you when you say time. Oh, I thought you meant like, I remember, I just remember TikToks. like literally, well, yeah, sure. That too. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm happy to be your TikTok bitch, your punching bag, whatever you need. I'm here for mm-hmm. you. Okay. But I just remember like Googling one time being like, how long does it take to get over someone? And it was something like, I can't even remember. It was some like calculation of like months and years versus the time in the relationship or whatever. And I was like, yeah. wow, well, fuck me then. I'm screwed. There's a bunch of little ones that I want to answer. I know we probably only have time for like one or two more, right? Yeah. But okay, one person says taboo queer sex topics, difficult to find solid advice. And I feel like we've taboo gotten a couple of these topics. when I've asked for questions, but like, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, what's taboo? You gotta, you gotta be specific. Uh, yeah, I will. For context, we've been watching the Liberty University documentary. God forbid. Oh yeah, that's really interesting. If you haven't watched it, yeah, and I would recommend checking it out if you're curious. It deals with the Jerry Falwell Jr. scandal. Um, anyway, I'll probably put a trailer in here. As a pool attendant, I would get hit on. But if I would have known that accepting this woman's invitation to go back to her hotel room would have led to a scandal involving the president of the largest Christian university in the world and the president of the United States, I would have walked away and just enjoyed my private life. The Falwells are the Southern Gatsby's. They're wealthy, powerful. With a Christian's communications empire. And they're sloppy. They have a public image, but behind the scenes, they're freaks. At the time, I didn't really know who they were. My brother was at the age of one of their sons. 
he started being friendly with the kids. They had no idea that their dad liked to record his wife having sex with me. <laughs> what is happening? Becky was in love with this kid. Jerry was looking at keeping his wife happy. They were bringing him into a world he couldn't imagine. Real estate, politics. He was on top of the world. I'm like, this is it. I have never heard of anybody buying some kid that they met at the pool for a half million dollar business. Like, what's going on? We have a very powerful endorsement coming. Jerry Falwell Jr. Trump didn't fit the model of the evangelical candidate. There was some sort of relationship between Falwell, the pool attendant, Trump, and Michael Cohen. He was paid to dig up dirt on people and control them with that dirt. I'm screwed. This is where it became dangerous. You don't know what lengths people are willing to go when they have so much to lose. If they wanted to make me disappear, they can do it. The Bowels are predators. Anytime you have sex and then makes religion, that's some nasty, nasty shit. It was an atomic scandal. Jerry Falwell writes, I was not involved. I know the truth about them, and the whole world is going to find out. Roundabout way of saying, there is like a sex scandal that takes place between this um, straight married couple. But when Lizzie and I were watching it, we're like, listen, if it if this wasn't tied to these like abhorrent beliefs and views and policies of Liberty University and the, right, the I, evangelical Christian community, like this isn't that like raunchy. Like what I mean, so just for context, basically, yeah. this was the thing. So the president of Liberty University, I think he was the president or some high up thing and his wife had a relationship with a much younger guy. Yes, the power like, dynamic is bad. Yeah, they're like the 40. Of, yes. He's 20. And they also, so basically it's they a, would have like threesomes and or the younger guy and the president's wife would sleep together while the president was like watching and taking videos. Mm-hmm. I would consider that like taboo. I'm not saying it's wrong if you're all consenting and if you're not using power dynamics in a bad way. But, like, I do think it's taboo. I think it's, like, kind of shocking to most people. But I would agree that, like, if our friends were doing that and maybe if there wasn't, like, the age gap and power misuse, I would be, like awesome like well yeah have fun it, yeah it's again not, it's like what what consenting adults relative, do yeah. without again without the power and all that stuff if that wasn't part of it if they were like yeah we have a third person that we have sex with sometimes and everything was above board. above board i guess i don't i'm like okay i don't care right. like it's not but it's only because of all this other like stacked stuff which is awful that it becomes this whole thing and it's also because they perpetuate that type of awfulness like the the liberty university and the Falwell juniors and the, the like evangelical like right they perpetuate that type of like harmful beliefs and sexual ethic that like leads to that type of abuse yeah totally so that's why it's like so shocking and bad but genuine it's like why i'm like why we need to have like healthy conversations about sex but i guess the point is taboo is all kind of relative because i feel like a lot of people would call that pretty taboo and i i would say it's taboo in the sense of like social norms but Mm -hmm. it also probably happens a lot more than people talk about Mm -hmm. so anyway if you want to ask more specific questions we could potentially do a taboo sex episode sure we could um i feel like what's going to end up happening though is for the most part lizzie and i are gonna be like great for you great for you (laughs) yeah we're just two people we're yeah (laughs) let's see want to answer you want to pick one more okay 
I don't know. These are great questions. These are a lot. I know. Some are like really light and fluffy. Some are extremely heavy. I, I wish we could get to everything. I don't know. This is kind of a heavy one to end on, but a couple of people asked about like inviting people to your wedding who are not accepting. Like one person asked about like, should we invite homophobic parents to our wedding? And then somebody else was like, I'm not sure what to do with our wedding because our siblings don't want to bring their kids because we're gay. Oh my God. Maybe we'll answer this in like one like fun fluffy okay. one. I don't think you should invite anyone to your wedding that you don't want to. That being said, I also feel like it's very heavy to not and to decide not to invite your parents. And like, yeah. uh, I don't know. I think I I would have to be I don't have a blanket answer because I don't know your situation. I don't know your parents. If it's the kind of thing where maybe you have hope that your parents will kind of evolve and grow and have a, a better viewpoint in the future. And then they'll look back and be really happy they got to be there and see you get married, even if they weren't in the right headspace at the time. I can see it kind of being like, well, maybe we're really doing this out of an act of hope for the future. And that's why we're inviting them. I would celebrate that. But I also, my kind of current like mood around all this stuff is like, fuck them. Like, do not invite anybody who isn't there 100% for you. If it's not a wholehearted, resounding yes, it is a no across the board in life so i don't know i think it's like incredibly tacky obnoxious rude unacceptable to be like i'm not bringing my kids to your wedding because you're gay yeah like that's a hideous viewpoint and so i just my instinct is like no well then you absolutely lose the privilege of being there but that's kind of my like current mood and i've been in a different headspace in the past and i think both are valid it's it's so tricky um I think if I was in your position right now, this is what I would do. I think I would f- have be with my loved ones, people who I know it is a resounding yes, and flip a coin. And it's like one side of the coin is yes and, fl- and mm-hmm. the other side is no. And then flip that coin really high because I think that f- – and this is just like I'm putting myself in your position. So I don't know if this would be helpful for you, but – I, th- I think that while that coin was in the air, I would like, no, I'd be like, I know what my decision is. And then just kind of stick to that. And in this case, trust your intuition and trust your gut and do what you need to do in the days leading up to it to tap into what it is telling you to do. I know that especially in like religious environments, we were conditioned to believe that your heart is deceitful above all else. I disagree with that. I think that intuition is um, divine and can absolutely be divinely inspired and important and crucial to navigating your way through the world and the trials that we have to face. So do what you need to do to tap into your intuition, to your gut, your heart feeling as difficult as either way might be and just get your people who are a resounding yes to support you and hold you through that decision. Yeah, I like that answer. Okay, do we have time for a really one short silly one? one? Okay, there isn't like a silly, silly one, but somebody just okay. asked how to figure out your hobbies, which is certainly Ooh. not silly, but it's more lighthearted. Yeah, daydream. Yeah, try things out. I yeah. think also like accepting that you don't at all have to be good at your hobbies for them to be valid forms of joy for you. For sure. Um, I've actually been really this is going to surprise no one especially you grace but i've been kind of wanting to try needle pointing yeah well it's not a surprise 
Yeah, I know. That's, that's not a surprise yeah, at all. That like, was it was a matter of time. I probably won't be good at it though, but I just think it'd be really fun and I think if you see people doing things whether it's like online or you're walking down the street and somebody's like doing a crossword or knitting on a bench and that just looks fun, I think just um listen to your intuition if something just looks fun and you want to try it then I think try it. And also you can stick with things that you already like. So for me, I like kind of slow and more sedentary activities. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to probably pick up roller skating because mm-hmm. I'm not coordinated. But if you are super coordinated and you're like, oh, maybe this winter I want to try ice skating. Yeah. Or it can be something that is a bit of both. Like I love yo-yoing and sometimes I kind of like pick that up. Oh yeah, you do pick that up sometimes. Yeah. You should do that again. And so I almost want to encourage you to like allow yourself to be bored and then mm. see what you naturally want to be doing. Like give yourself an open Saturday or Sunday, just like a couple hours of like genuinely nothing, no chores, no house cleaning and see like, what would you want to do? Where do you find yourself wandering? Are you heading over to a park where there's a kickball game that happens every Sunday and you're kind of interested in that but boredom will breed uh creativity and i want you to feel inspired and figure out whatever that is like are you writing poems and you're like i kind of want to turn this into a song or something Mm -hmm. i don't know but without the pressures and the obligations of day-to-day life where do you find that little tingling sensation of like what if i did and see what happens yeah love it okay well I feel like you've all been advised. <laughs> I think that uh, safe to say um, the chief here, the chief advisors have advised. Yep. Um, you should know what to do now with your whole life. You should have no questions. You should have no questions. No, we didn't get to all your questions. Yeah, <laughs> no further questions <laughs> unless they're taboo sex questions. <laughs> That's the only ones that we'll be taking. And thank you so much for listening and sending in your questions. We do like doing this type of segment. So we'll bring it back if we didn't get to your question. And thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week or maybe on tour because I'm leaving on Tuesday for tour tickets still available at SemlerMusic.com on another episode of Under Our Roof. Old fashioned way. My love for you is constant and new no matter the change or the age